Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, the podcast for the busy gamer. I am a secretly sexy woman, <laughs> Michael, and as always, I'm joined by that secret energy tank you couldn't find, Matt. Oh, where was I? And a terrifying pterodactyl, Adrian. Is that how he sounds? <laughs> or is it more like, Because yes. he's a space pirate. Perfect. Yeah, he he goes, Arr, Samasar. <laughs> he did this. Samasaran. Beautiful. Oh, that's good. And if you haven't figured it out yet, the game for the past fortnight has been Super Metroid. But before we get into that, uh, you would like to give some thanks, Matt. Yes, because we have had a lot of views. Now, probably not a lot for other podcasts, but I think over the last... Actually, I think it was the last fortnight, or at least over the last month, we had two big surges of new busy gamers coming in and joining us. Uh, I love that. Is that like our own little people name? The busy yeah, gamers? Busy you gamers. Know, yeah, there you go. Busy and boys. Even, even if they're not busy um, with life, they're busy playing the games, which is also good, I think. Um, but we've got a lot of new listeners, but we don't have a lot of new talkers, which what I mean by that is we want to hear from you. What do we want to hear, Adrian? Well, I want to hear what games you want to play. We, uh, we're, our current strategy is every f- four episodes, we'll um, list out the next four episodes. So we've just finished uh, the last four, which were Assassin's Creed, A Way Out, Simpsons Hit and Run, and now this, Super Metroid. And we've got the next four coming up. But we like to choose one each from us three and then one from the audience suggestion. So if there are any games you'd like us to play or hear our thoughts on as a busy gamer... Let us know. The best way is probably through Facebook. You can send us a message or post on our wall, um, and we'll get it that way. Uh, another great way is to hop into our stream, which we do now three days a week, uh, and tell us there, because we'll either A, be playing the podcast game on Tuesdays from 7 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time, Jackbox on Wednesdays, or uh, Matt is doing long form game, long form games on Thursdays now. So... I mean, Tuesdays are great because we'll be playing the podcast game. That'll be me. Uh, so great way it is to pop in there. If you have thoughts as well about whatever game we're playing, you can do that yeah, too. feel free to tell us. Um, our Twitch is grind time. That's one word. And then underscore TV. Yeah, twitch.tv slash grind time underscore TV. If you want to check it out, you can get lots of people checking us out there and talking and discussing, especially yeah. with Super Metroid. And... Um, I'm going to open with, we're not big enough to have a subreddit, but we also have a subreddit, which <laughs> is just reddit.com slash r slash no time to grind. Uh, and the reason that I actually have that is more of a, because it has kind of a, almost like an AdWords effect on Google, kind of brings us up in the search engine a little, but you can always drop in there. Um, you can find our account, message us that way if you want, if you don't like Facebook. Uh, maybe you, you're off the Facebook grid after those scares. Uh, and all the, the simplest and probably the most effective way is to give us a review and uh, leave you a little option for the audience suggestion right there. Oh, yeah. That's actually because I've now compiled a big list of all the games that the audience has suggested. And um, I did notice that I think we've got two suggestions from reviews. So that's interesting. We should probably 
I don't know. Do we favor them more because they reviewed us? Uh, we could. Uh, they did but review, review on Facebook stars. as well. That's true. That's a very good point. The but, point is, <laughs> our point is, review this. Highly, please. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who's been listening and checking us out recently. Uh, it's great to see that there's people who are interested in a podcast for the busy gamer and that there are other busy gamers. It's not just us three guys. Other people are busy too. Oh my God. Who would have thunk? And you know what busy people busy. love? Busy people love their news dealt to them very simply. So let's talk oh, about yes. some gaming news. Yes, people love their news sparsed out fortnightly with only just a little <laughs> bit of the news. Well, it's always good to bring out some interesting points and something I think we should talk about is we're all big Monster Hunter fans. There's oh, a Monster yeah. Hunter movie coming out or being ah, worked on. Ah, a, a Capcom game movie adaptation again. Ah, oh. that's. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be nothing like Resident Evil. No, especially... Wait, hold on. Director, Resident Evil, actor, Resident Evil. Oh, okay. So, for those who don't know, <laughs> it's the same director who was attached to the... Has he done all of them or just the first one? I don't know. I actually didn't know that the director was attached as well. Yeah, so it's the same director slash writer, I think. And uh, oh, the actor... Let me, let me look up some details. I probably should have had this over. Mila Jovovich is fine. She's good. She was Lilu, you know? I And I believe in my heart that she just did Resident Evil for the money, and that's fine. And then she can actually bring good acting to the table if she wants, or is slash has good direction. But now that I know that the director's the same, oh, my faith has gone away. <laughs> yeah, so the film will apparently go into production in September and is being helmed by director Paul W.S. Anderson and stars Mila Jovovich. Does she only do adaptations of video games? <laughs> no, she does lots. She does lots yeah. of things. Like, Matt, tell us what else she's famous for. Um, I don't... I, the Fifth Element. There you go. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I just discovered that Paul W. S. Anderson and Mila Jovovich are husband and wife. I didn't know that. Ah, well, uh, that that explains a lot. That explains so much. The but the thing element, is, like, Resident Evil, it's strange the because Paul uh, Anderson has done some good movies. I think that we that I at least enjoy. I'm trying to pull them up now. He did the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He's done some like good movies, like Event Horizon as well. He wrote uh, a book Alien about vs. Resident Evil as well. He did Alien, the original Alien vs. Predator movie. That was all right. As as a big Alien fan, which will come up again in this episode, <laughs> I'm sure. But let's stop talking about them. Let's talk about this movie. Are you guys going to watch this no matter what? Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to watch this no matter what. Nah. I'm going to not Watch it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to not care and only if it gets good reviews. I don't know. I didn't think Monster Hunter, of all the franchises I love to get a movie, not Monster Hunter. That was not the one I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I can't see how it'd be done. So I'm not really excited. Maybe a trailer will get me pumped. Maybe. But... I, I reckon a good monster, a good way to get Monster Hunter in the media of film would be a documentary-like series, like mockumentary. Oh, yeah. That could be interesting. I mean, they're definitely not going to do that. But yeah, they're definitely not. It's going to be just a action movie. What well, I remember reading somewhere that um, Paul Anderson saying he likes um, universes where there aren't already a story so he can build their, their own story. 
But he like, did Resident it, Evil, didn't he? Yeah, but he took that... St- like, the first movie was like, ah, that's... Yeah, okay, I see it. And then the rest was like, well, they have the same characters and then the same evil corporation. But it already had a story, so we can't really hide behind that one. It's got a quite an elaborate story. I think what he's saying is, screw Zora Magdros, I'm making my own story. Well, I think he's saying, saying like... He he likes the s- setting and the fact there isn't a like none of them have a super uh, impactful story. But Monster, Monster Hunter World has kind of changed that recently. Um, so I'd be curious to see. I'm curious. I'm curious, but I'm also very scared. <laughs> very very afraid. Um, but talking about things that uh, scare me. <laughs> what? What, Call what? of Duty okay. still around? Call of Duty Doesn't scares that scare you. Doesn't that scare you guys? Call of Duty but, Black Ops Four, no single player. Is that scary? That's the, very scary, isn't it? It is a bit scary because, like, it's not the best story, but it, it's always been kind of a f- nice, kind of easy story to play. Is Call of Duty stories? You know? Yeah. And like that time Jon Snow killed you on the moon. That was good. What? <laughs> you need a, you haven't played I think that was Blops three. I'm not sure. No, I haven't played any No, since no, that probably. was Infinite War, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah. Maybe. I there's too many now. There's yeah, there well see that's the thing. There was too many. I feel like they've cooled down a bit. It's and still one a year. Is it still one a year? I'm when pretty was sure. the last Call of Duty. I've been playing Call of Duty World War Two with my partner and that is just fun. And that was released last year. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's because they did their own version of Battlefield 1. Is that what it's called? No, Battlefield 1 was World War 1, and then they did Call of Duty World War 2. You goober. Uh, you know what they had like? It's their done. own version of going, oh, we're going back to the classic boots on the ground. <laughs> They'd already done uh, this Call of Duty World at War, which was World War 2. Mm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the first Call of Duty was World War 2. Call of Duty 2, Big Red 1. Oh, there we go. That's... <laughs> That's my prime era, playing on the now, Wii. The best but, was Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. Yes, that was the that was the one that everybody played, I, except for uh, me. <laughs> I would toss up between that and the original Black Ops. I played a bunch of that one. And that had a great single player. And I, a lot of those games around that era did. Like I remember playing, I think, probably World at War or something on a, friend, on a friend's computer and being like, this has got a really cool story with like soap and, and stuff. With soap? Or were we soap? I can't remember. There were some good characters. I remember. <laughs> I remember good moments. Um, but there's no Even, more single player. But there are still characters, which is funny yes, enough. because they're they're kind of having a pseudo story in their zombies mode. They're adding like similar to like kind of like Killing Floor, where you have, you have like characters or like uh, well, what's maybe no, Left 4 Dead killing, is better. Yeah, Left 4 Dead is a better example, but it's also like. I don't know. I get big. When I was watching this, I was getting big Call of Cthulhu vibes. I know that sounds weird, but so you're these four people that take magic drugs and then you get transported through time and space. Um, I don't think like uh, you've got Titanic. You're on the Titanic and you have to kill zombies. And then you're in a gladiator arena and you got to kill zombies. It's yeah. just cool. So they've expanded the zombie mode, which is cool, but also like... Well, that was just kind of an add-on thing, which was cool. Now it's but like main. But that's still cool. It's still cool that they did that to zombies. 
Depends What's if uncool they took, is the following. Is the following. They took away single player, but they added a battle royale mode. Because everybody loves battle royales at the moment. Because why is this still a thing? Uh, battle royale in Call of Duty. I am curious to see how polished it is. For like, starters, I blame the Hunger Games. Yeah, it was Hunger it's... Games and um, DayZ kind of popularized it. There was a mod by, I think, the guy, like the guy who made the mod for every game that had it as a mod. So there was, and then H1Z Player Unknown one. made a mod. Yeah, and then well, that's what I'm saying. Player Unknown was the guy who made it. I'm pretty sure that's the story. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like he made a mod for DayZ. It got really popular. He made, and then he's like, "Well, I'll just make his my own game." I love how this is just a story of. Someone modded a game, and then that mod became a game. And then someone modded that game, and then that became a game. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I've not actually, played any Battle Royale games. They're yet o- to touch them. They're okay. I'm not going to say they're great. They're definitely not like as groundbreaking. Like they're, they're fun to play, which is why people play them so much. But I wouldn't say that they've changed the landscape as much as... like. To the point where Call of Duty is now cashing in on it, I feel like that's not. It's the it's the hot topic at the moment, and yeah. so everyone wants in. Everything's adding one. Uh, Smite's um, brother game, sister game, Paladins is a shooter, yeah, kind of like Overwatch. But they're doing they've now added a battle royale mode. Well, that's the other thing. Apparently, uh, COD Four Blops will have a like five v five. Mode really, and it'll be like Paladins or Paladins copycat Overwatch, <laughs> where they have. I think there's like classes, yeah, and then those classes are a specific character to them. So, like, yes. if if you are this class, then you're this character, which is cool. Um, but I feel like unless they have classic multiplayer, then I reckon everyone is going to be upset if they don't have classic multiplayer because they definitely be, will. Because they're bread and butter. It's just gonna be, it's gonna be a weird mash of all the popular games. You've got your, I don't even know what you'd call Overwatch. It's it was almost like a first person MOBA. Um, but the thing with the battle royale that I found out because I actually looked it up not last night but the night before, is that it's actually essentially as if someone took if someone Dark Souls threed as in. I know that's a weird thing to say. Um, all of the Call of Duty universe. So everyone from the Call of Duty universe is like combined. So you've got characters from COD Moi 2. You've got characters apparently from... To Smash like, Bros. N- no. It's, it's specifically COD. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, I mean, it's a Smash Bros of COD. PlayStation All-Stars. <laughs> yeah. Pulling together but, yeah. favorite characters. Okay. There's there's like a spot on the map that is like apparently it's pulled like Nuketown in and it's just Nuketown in the in this map, which you can go into and then get I suppose you'd get your guns and stuff from there, if it's anything like Fortnite or PUBG. I, but, I heard that the developers said that the the uh, Battle Royale map map is over one hundred times bigger than any map we've done before. Oh my god! Whoa. And then it's like, well, that's because your maps are tiny because it's a <laughs> fast-paced shooter. Yeah, like they're designed to be tiny. That is interesting. A fast-paced shooter in a big map, and but apparently it doesn't have a hundred people. Bad War Elves, the player gets smaller. So. Yeah, yeah. 
it wouldn't really matter if it starts bigger. When you get to the end, it's just like regular COD. That's true. And is this the thing? Should, if, if you think that you are a great multiplayer shooter, really, is everything just game modes? Like, Overwatch is... Overwatch doesn't have, like... A straight up kind of death match. You it know? does. It does, but it's in like their arcade. Yeah. They don't consider it part of their standard play, and it yes. doesn't get used in tournament or anything like that. So maybe this is Black Ops going, well, those are just game modes, so we'll just add those to our traditional deathmatch shooters. And should should that actually be what they do. Every, everything should just have everything because all they are are different game modes. It doesn't actually change up necessarily like how you play. But if everything has the same game modes, isn't it, doesn't it just become boring? Isn't it interesting that PUBG is you know, the one that does uh, Battle Royale games and Fortnite, you know, they are their genre. Then you have Overwatch, which are, you know, 5v5 team-based strategy shooters. And then, like, isn't it good to separate it rather than being like, oh, I want to play Overwatch Deathmatch versus COD Deathmatch versus imagine if PUBG added a Deathmatch or Fortnite <laughs> added a Deathmatch. It's a Deathmatch, Deathmatch, Deathmatch. But that's the it's thing. Just if different you, mechanics, different what guns. if you love the Overwatch idea, but you hate the gunplay? What if yeah, you go, that's, that's I can't play, I can't play, play uh, <laughs> whatever other ones have come out? I think it's just those two. Well, those are the two big ones anyway. But you know what they mean? Maybe yeah. Twitch shooters, maybe COD are going, uh, these games aren't what our customer base like to play. They like to play our game, but they'd be interested yeah. in that game mode. Yeah. Very possibly. I'm curious to see how it pans out. Probably won't get it myself again, ever. I actually might get it purely for the zombies. It looks like it's going to be good fun. Any other news? Um, lastly, for, the, for news, we've got uh, in other news you don't care about, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition released. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Super Metroid. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's what I'm excited for. Oh, we talked about news too much, but there's so much to talk about Super Metroid. That's oh. okay. We can we can do it. We can talk about it. Super Metroid. Guys, what thoughts have you got first? What's Are there anything you want to get out right out the door? I liked it, and I it- finished it. <laughs> There is a reason it is regarded as a classic. I can see... Matt told me that Super Metroid is often one of the games contesting for, like, the best game of all time, and I can see why. This is a masterpiece. Calling it now. I know it's, like, 20 years old or whatever, but I'm calling it now. It's as old as me. How old is it, actually? In 1994, so it's literally as old as Michael and I. (laughs) We were born the same time that this game was born, and we know which one will stand the test of time. And it's not <laughs> me and Matt. <laughs> it's not us. Um, I was actually going to say that this is old, right? But when I first started playing it, I felt like it could have been released this year. Yeah. The, the, gra- like, the graphics, the 16-bit graphics, that's so popular in the indie kind of style. Uh, and it's just, it's it could be released today, and it would still be a very good game. This is actually one of the problems I feel towards it, in that I I was frustrated that uh, I, I'll be honest, I had to play it on an emulator. <gasps> Me 
Me too. And at times I felt like that was actually hurting my experience of it. And how so? Because little... note here that uh, Nintendo bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can get it on a new Nintendo 3DS, but apparently Super Nintendo games can't work on a normal 3DS, and I call bullshit. <laughs> really? So you can't get it on the, the 3DS? No. They say you must have a new Nintendo 3DS, because apparently the processing's not good enough to run the emulation. Ooh. That's okay. rubbish. <laughs> so you're telling sure. me you can run the new Pokemon games, which is fully 3D, fully made in 3D, but this... 2D game it's too hard. Too yeah, hard you can run you can run 3D uh, new released this year or last year Samus Returns, oh, yeah. but you can't run you can't Super run. Metroid. <laughs> and I wish I wish I had something like a. I, you can think you can get it on Wii U and you can get it on the new Nintendo 3DS, or you can get it on the Mini NES. Yeah, the Mini SNES. Mini SNES. If I had one of those, I would have loved this game even more. Yeah, I, I got this on the... I have the Mini SNES, and I played it on the Mini SNES, and it is so good. It, like, ran so smooth, so beautifully. And playing, like, on the actual controller felt pretty good. Like, some of the buttons were off from what I'm used to. Like, yeah. jumping wasn't where X is. Like, I'm used to, you know, X on a PS controller being where you jump, but it wasn't quite there. And so, some, it get, take some took some getting used to on the controller aspect, but once it did, whew, oh yeah, it ran, it just feels good. You just, you just like running, jumping, shooting, bombing. Oh, it's so natural. See, I was playing also on an emulator. Sorry, Nintendo, you don't get my money this time. If it was on Switch, here's my thing. This is the quote for Matthew, no time to grind. If it's on Switch, I am 100% more likely to buy it. Um, but it's not. So I was playing also on an emulator, but I was using keyboard, which seems weird, but I got used to it, except for the fact that, as you're saying, what on a PC game is jump? Space. But in this, space is select, which is what you use for your weapon changing. Oh, okay. Um, so, which is fine most of the time, but in the heat of a boss battle, I would always press space to jump and then suddenly... <laughs> I'm using the wrong <laughs> weapon, and I'm like, crap, and then I didn't jump when I needed to jump, so I took damage. Ah, it's just a... But that was only in the heat of battle. Otherwise, even with what I would consider, like, janky, like, almost MacGyvered controls, it's still such a good game. I want to say one more thing I want to pick up on about this, the mini SNES is you can, because it's a 4x3 game on a 16x9 screen, it doesn't fit perfectly, so you can add a border around, like a frame around it, to fill out the rest of the space. And I had a space-themed one. And I was like, mm, this is just set in the scene. It's this- so perfect. I did see it on the stream. It looks so good. And that's one of the things about this game as a whole is setting the scene and like the ambiance is just oh, impeccable. I this is I said this on stream and I'll say it now. This is the first game where I've like wanted to listen to the music and the sound as I go. You guys are aware and uh, bamboozled by the fact that I usually don't listen to sound while I play my games. But this one I was like, oh, I could watch you know this show that I'm watching at the moment, but I really want to hear the music and the the, the shooting and the the noises. So I was like Pew-pews. waiting for good moments to yeah turn the sound on and listen to mm. that beautiful music which. It's like so memorable. 
Really? I was about to say the exact opposite. I was about to say it's such good music, but I was told like online that it's memorable, but I don't remember a single tune from this game. And But I do know that it sounds good. I remember going, oh, this sounds so cool. Well, the, the way I mean by memorable is like, I feel like if you played it to me, I would be like, I would be flashed back to that zone. Flashback. Like I can remember the like, I can't remember which one it's called. The jungly, is it Meridia or something? Kind of zone. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just, and the tunes for like getting things. Um, beautiful. See, but once you play like most Nintendo games have that, so it's kind of expected. <laughs> yeah, but like this one's good. But, yeah, it is good. Um. But this game isn't perfect, and uh, no game is perfect. But this is this is definitely the closest you can get. And one of the things is like, yeah, I know, I know, I have that upgrade. Can I just press start now? Can I get? Can I? Yeah. Can I skip this and keep going? Also, what would be good is if you could skip the intro cutscene, which, while it is awesome, I wish you could skip it, um, because I was like, I'm gonna play this again uh, once I finished. And then I was like, this cutscene's already taking too long. I'm bored mm. now. Yeah. Uh, but I want to actually talk about that because it sets the scene. Like, the whole intro sequence from once you first start the game to, uh, I, I would say, once you're, like, on the planet, it's so... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. It really kind of... Puts you in this mystery, sets the scene, sci-fi mystery, and I get just the biggest alien vibes. You got the text on the helmet coming up, and then you've also got the part where it flashes. You know, nineteen ninety-four, Nintendo, Metroid Three, and that's the thing as well. Is it's like referred to Super Metroid on everything, but in the like in the intro, it's Metroid Three. It's like, this is the first third. Thirst? The thirst? <laughs> I've got the thirst. Yeah, I do have the thirst. This intro gives me the thirst. Except when you want to, like, if you're marathoning it, and then you're like, oh, this intro is so long. I'm bored now. Uh, well, that, that's like the whole intro, and even uh, elements throughout the game and the end make me think, like, this is a very cinematic game. Oh, this, yeah. would, this would make a this could This could very well make a great movie. Uh, and it did. It's called Alien. It was released in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> um, they went back in time to release it. But yeah, like Classic the intro thing. where you're like running through this space station that you know nothing about and then you find the Metroid hatchling. And, and Ridley appears. Ridley's right there. Oh, so good. And then good. for some reason the space station's going to blow up suddenly. Yeah. Doesn't quite make sense, but it's awesome. What's with Ridley? I don't... Can we discuss space pirates for a second? Yeah, I'm down. I love, okay, I, I love this concept of space pirates because it's, it's not just like, we're humans, we're pirates in space. It's like these other uh, aliens, these other beings and, and uh, races or whatever you want to call them that exist. And it's like, you know, of course, it's not just going to be humans that are space pirates. pirates They're going to be yeah. pirates from other uh, planets and other, you know, but- entities. My problem is, is that they like they're definitely space, but what's so pirate, pirate about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like they don't really show 
well, much pirating. Like, that's because you're like in an instance of their existence. They, I actually looked it up because I was really curious. They, like, they travel the, the universe and like take over planets and like take their resources and re- like enslave London. the people. You just don't see it in this instance. And this is like their main base, I believe, on on Zebes, I think it's called, or Zebes. Zebes. So, I don't know. You're expecting them to be wearing like hats and and having parrots and Jolly Rogers around. Well, at least if they had some sort of patch to like identify it, because as far as I can tell, as someone who's playing this, like if I took away my knowledge, they're just monsters, which is yeah. still cool, but they're just monsters. They don't show, they don't even show really the sentience of like a being who's like uh, I am too poor to work in the normal world so i'm going to become a pirate which is i I think generally the train of thought for when someone turns to a life of piracy well i think (laughs) this one's more of a case of i want to own everything in the universe and so they yeah they go around just wrecking shit and messing it up it's also weird that is it ridley yes it's ridley i got confused too it's not I Ridley, Ripley. yeah. No. No. Ridley. Is it named after Ridley Scott? Yeah. It is indeed. It's a dragon, whereas the rest of the space pirates seems to be mostly insects. Yeah, I can see that. I got I more... He's like, I'm your leader because I am a dragon. Yeah, and then there's even a boss called Dragoon, but he just feels like a giant well, mutated um, crustacean. Like, yeah. To... Um, what is also weird to me is Fantoon. Anyone else kind of like, oh, I'm playing this sci-fi game. Oh, there's ghosts now. Well, it's something about, it's something about he like, it's like he, he can exist on another plane or is invisible. And the only way he can be seen in this is universe is when his eyes open or something. It was something to that degree. Well, now he sounds like an awesome boss from Bloodborne. You've solved (laughs) my, you've solved everything actually. That's cool. Yeah, so I, it's like he feeds off raw energy, um, taps into mother brains. Brain you didn't waves. get to Fantoon. Where'd you get to, no. young Mike? I got to, I think I would have just been before Crocomire. Oh, you didn't fight Crocomire? It was really disappointing because I thought I was making like good time and I had fought some bosses and I was like, wow, I'm really sort of getting getting into this game. I've gone to... All but one of the space, like places like, in the places, yeah. um, and then I before the show yesterday, I was like, "Oh, check like how deep in did I get?" Because I had to stop playing because I had to go on on training. <laughs> I actually had to leave, yeah. um, and I wasn't even halfway, and that made me sad. And that that I you know what I did the exact same thing. I think because you beat you beat do you beat Craig before Crocomere? Yes. So, yeah, you're like, okay, I've taken out, like, two different bosses. I think Kraid's actually the first space pirate boss you technically kill. Uh, I think you are correct. So, but I would, I had thought, I think Crocomy, I thought I was like, oh, Crocomy has got to be the second one. He's so unique and cool in his design. And I remember getting up to that point, like, okay, so I killed Crocomy. That's two down. I'm like, oh, I must be halfway. And then I did something similar where I was like, I looked up. I didn't look up, like, a walkthrough. I looked up, like, just the different sections, like, the different steps kind of thing. Like, you know, walk walkthroughs break down, like, okay, now you yeah. have to go back here. Yeah. And it was like a third through. I was like, oh my God, this game is massive. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, the same thing. I was like, oh, 
But I did it much earlier than you, so I had time to finish the game. <laughs> now, speaking of walkthroughs, um, I had to use a walkthrough a few times um, because I got stuck a lot. Uh, but a lot? Then, oh, a lot. But I think, and I've got a good specific story for that, um, but I did find myself like I'd get this walkthrough and then I'd start using it, but then the game is still good um, because eventually you don't need to walk. Like I would stop looking at the walkthrough. I'll yeah. Kind of get it. Once Once it was like, hey, buddy, it's this direction. You're like, oh, okay. And then you can just take it from there. Um, but I, my story of getting stuck is because of this game, the way that you can kind of go through different ways. And I actually looked it up and you can, if you're good at this game, you can skip, I think, right through to Kraid. You don't even have to fight, like, um, no, is it? Yeah, I think it's Kraid. You don't have to fight, like, half the things. You don't have to get any of the items even, which does make the fight harder. But the fact that you can do that is so cool. And what I did is I got stuck in this place with the quicksand, but oh. the whole spot is designed for you to have an item, the space jump. Yeah. Um, so I'm just getting stuck there and, you know, I jump hundreds of times just to get out once. Yeah. That quicksand, there's another little, like just a little notch against the game was like that quicksand and some of those things where you get stuck. I'm just like, it's like, do I hold it down? Do I spam it? Like the jumping wasn't working just like good enough. And I'm like slowly whittling down health. I'm like, this is not fair. Let me out. (laughs) Please let me free. I think grabbing shouldn't be in this game. Is like when I once I finished this game, um, I think grabbing really held it back for me because it was really this just bosses that would grab you and you'd be like, "Welp, I'm dead now." Like, you're talking specifically about Dragon. Yes, I am specifically talking about Dragon. Um, and then, mm. but that was kind of cool because I figured out you can grapple the wall and it'll kill him. That was cool. Yeah. Um, my, my encounter with him literally went like, I was a late night. It was like 1 a.m. And I was like smashing through it, got to the boss. He picked me up like twice, drained me of like all my health. And I was like, nah, my brain's not ready to try and solve this boss. Yeah. <laughs> Saved I got it, so turned mad it off, <laughs> came back the next I day. S- I got so mad at that. But then here's the thing I think there's too many bosses. And the answer is two. But this, that's too, too many. Where. It doesn't explain. I fought Crocomir a hundred times. <laughs> That's right. And I'm you got like, mad at me because I was like, you're I like, did oh, it first it took try. Me so long. I was like, why? I only took him me one. He's pretty straightforward. Well, but once you figure it out, I was. I thought this was a level playing field. I figured out that if you shoot him in the mouth, that's how. That's his weakness. But then I'd let him advance towards me and we were in this dance um, until I'd run out of my rockets. I'd been using my uh, charge beam, but nothing. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to whittle his health down. And the answer is, he doesn't have health. And essentially, when you think about it, it's just a quick time event (laughs) in 1994. It's a before quick time events were quick time events. Yeah. Now, when you, <laughs> so when, you, you when you do beat him and push him off the edge, you know you can go back towards the spike wall and he like breaks through it. 
as like well, a yeah, skeleton. Yeah, that's that's how you progress. Yeah. Okay, right. I can't remember if that's mandatory or not. I just it, remember it that being a thing. Um, but I feel like that's kind of most of the bosses in this are like, or some at least are like, they're almost like puzzle bosses. Like you, you have to figure out either a shortcut to beat them, i.e., Dragon, or you have to figure out the thing to beat them, like Crocomere. There's a few bosses like that. Um, but I tell you what, Gold, Teresa, and then Ridley, they were just, you need to be good at the combat in this game, and I loved that. Yeah, the Gold, the, the Teresa is in general. The first one, actually, most of the bosses weren't too hard, but the first Teresa, no. Like, I had one energy tank, like, no energy tanks, basically. Yeah. Did that and spook you, young Michael? The which statue? part? The first Teresa. Yeah, the statue that comes to life and attacks you. Uh, I was expecting it to then happen every time I encountered those statues. <laughs> every damn time. But I figured out if you, like, turn into a ball, you can, like, roll through his feet. Hmm. Uh, and so it's a good way, I guess, of the game teaching you to use... It's not just, like, your weapons. It's, like, other things you might have got. Think about that as well. Yeah. So the spore boss... If you become a ball and sit in the corner, you can dodge. You can just you. you can just wait. And so, yeah, I definitely felt that. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't scared of him. I think he was teaching me teaching me good lessons. But I was then scared from that point at everything who was offering me a gift, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair enough. And I love that later on, there's one just standing there with his like hand open. Yeah, I think it happens twice. I think, and you get in it as a ball, and then he like takes you to a different area. Yeah, and like, apparently you were raised by the Torizos. Yeah, apparently so Samus has been. Yeah, I had a look. So at why the did story. the first one fight? Then? I don't know. That's that's why I'm curious. Like, why is some fight and why are some? Because there's two Torizos you fight and two Torizos that help you. Well, the thing is, the Torizos aren't the race. It's the Chozos, I think, or something. Whatever. Ah, There's like the race, and then the Torizos are like their armor suits that have been left behind, that like a centuries kind of thing, like space jockeys. Oh, yeah, it is kind that of similar damn to that. alien series. <laughs> yeah, it's creeping in my Super Metroid. Um, yeah, so like Samus was Samus was raised on this planet by the. Chozos, I can't remember what the name of the race is exactly, um, but then whatever happened, and now they're yeah. So the Chozos statues are what they're called. That's why they give you powers and stuff. Um, but the Torizos are like the the suits left behind, or they're like maybe infected by something. Because the story is really interesting to this whole thing, but it's like totally not just dealt out to you in any capacity apart from like the intro where it's like i found a hatchling in the game boy game and then yeah that's really all that matters that's that's all you get is that i found this metroid i gave it to these guys then the pirates got them and then here's actually a thing that i'm gonna quickly touch upon these are all the same games Yeah, Metroid, Met, Super Metroid, and then they've done remakes of those, and it's like, this. Hey guys, this is the same uh, game. <laughs> well, let me let me tell you, I played, so I played Super Metroid, and I was like, damn, this is really good. I want to play the first one now. Pulled out the mini NES I have, opened it. It was too old. It's too old for me to play. It's, it's too old. 
But they had did do a remake called Zero Mission, which I am currently playing. But I also played Metroid Fusion, which is came after Super Metroid. I think it's like I don't know if it's the if it's the one after, but it's a couple after. And yeah, it's pretty similar. Like they're all the games play out the same, but just with twists. So so Metroid Fusion, uh, you play your. It's actually really cool because you're running away from what's called. SAX Samus Aran X and it's like this Paris oh man it's it's really interesting because the story overall like it's pretty cohesive and makes sense but you don't if in an individual game you don't know it so in, in Metroid Fusion you're running away from your power suit from Super Metroid all powered up but it has like this infected virus in it that's taking it over and you're in a different suit and trying to power yourself up to match its level but it's like stalking you throughout the game so there'll be these like long hallways where you go down a hole and then it can't see you but it's like walking above you and like blows up a path that you can now enter and stuff like that and that's metroid 4 which takes from alien 4 where samus and ripley are both now combined with the aliens they've been fighting and Mm. the aliens don't attack the female character because they recognize that the female character is one of them. Apparently that's the final Metroid in in chronological order. Yeah, well, uh, outside of what, the Prime series? Prime takes place between Metroid slash Zero Mission and Metroid 2. Okay. Return of Samus slash Samus Returns. (laughs) Because they're the same game. That's so there's so actually weird. only about so there are th- there are four Super Metroid 2D games. If you disregard that, two of them are the same. Yeah, uh, the first two redone, and then there are now going to be four Prime games plus one other M. Yeah, but apparently Metroid Other M is very bad, whereas everything else is good. Yeah, so, and this actually goes to what we were talking about, is like, Metroid is like the black sheep of the Nintendo family. It's like, I mean, I said I said it was like a cult following, but I, I, that's not quite right, because Super Metroid is one of the best games ever. It can't be a cult game if everyone loves it. Um, but it's like a cult to Nintendo. Nintendo barely recognizes Metroid and won't make... Like it doesn't make as many games. Like every other game has one every has a good one <laughs> every console. But like Metroid feels like it's stagnated. But I have seen that they're making one for Switch, which I'm very excited for. Yeah. Metroid see, I it made sense to me at first why they weren't making them. But ever since Prometheus and Alien Covenant, they've got new material to work with, so <laughs> they, I don't see why they can't make an <laughs> Um, but I think, I, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, I think the reason that it is not as loved as their other IPs is because it's not marketable to kids, which mm. they're always quite focused on. It's probably their most serious IP that they have created by themselves. Yeah. And we can see through like Super Metroid, it's, it's obviously like super polished and they won't put them out unless they know that it's like spot on. Well, that was my thought. So is in regards to like the polish and the perfection of the game, 
um, I was thinking like, is the reason they're not making any new ones because they can't create as as amazing, like, because it's really all about the map and, and the items you get, but it's about exploring, you know, this this alien world and are they just unable to make such a cool, creative, um, looping back on itself kind of map? They Like, can they not, is it, and again, I said this on stream, is it like how Dark Souls 2 and 3, the maps just aren't as intricate and falling backs on themselves and creating, like, Dark Souls 1 map is so unique and intertwined, whereas the other ones, while have they, they have cool set pieces and areas, they just aren't as yeah. interesting and developed. And that's when I said uh, it's, I, I, Dark Souls <laughs> uh, is... It's the 2D Dark Souls or the other way around. Dark Souls is, is a 3D Super Metroid in the sense that they both have these massive worlds that are beautifully intertwined into different areas, and, but they all flow so naturally and they they just work so well. Is it kind of like a one-hit wonder where you can only create, kind of make that map once and so that they just can't make as good a game as Super Metroid because they've done it. They made the best map. Now, I know that they could if they wanted to, but maybe they've just run out of story like as well like they had this kind of idea for a story uh, and it's done it started with metroid and it finished with metroid fusion they managed to sneak in metroid prime but um it just they've they've kind of ri- almost written themselves into a corner where they've started the story they've ended the story and now maybe they're just at a point where they're like do we create a sequel to that story do we continue the universe or like maybe it's they've made such a succinct start and end that they don't know what to do because anything that they do from now on could potentially bastardize that. Yeah, they're doing a lot of it seems like either they will they will go, No, that game was fine. Let's not change what happened in that game, but let's change how it happens. So you yeah. get Samus returns instead of the return of Samus, and they ha- add a whole new bunch of features, but it's like, hey, it's just so you can play our amazing game again with more modern mechanics, a better look. Try like, try like that, and using Prime to sort of fill in some gaps. But you might very well be right that they say it's it's like Solo, a Star Wars story, you know, Do you where they don't a story that has no consequence on the main story. Yeah, you go like let's let's make some stuff that is completely self-contained. That's what I'm assuming mm. the whole Prime series is. It's just self-contained, um, and then the doing like a Samus Returns or a Zero Mission is like doing the Blu-ray edition of the original trilogy of Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> well, maybe maybe they're yeah, just maybe they're afraid of making something new and not including you know Metroids or Parasite X or space pirates in the same capacity who is the creator yoshio sakamoto then again maybe they've just like sometimes because all i really knew about the series as well like what michael said i thought that this series was not good i thought because all i'd really heard was other m is a bad game but then i've actually gone onto the wikipedia for other m and it says it was met it was met with generally good reception 
Like, so it just wasn't it, a nine it, or ten out of ten game. No, no, like <laughs> it had mostly uh, eight point five out of tens, mostly. But then there were a few that were like, eh, it's five out of ten. Uh, but then I remember, I think it was one E three, one Nintendo uh, Direct, um, and it must have been either twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen. And it was Metroid Prime Federation Force. Mm. And that was like, I don't know about you guys, but as someone who had never played any Metroid, I saw the trailer for that and I said, well, that franchise is dead. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I hadn't played any before either, but I I knew like Super Metroid was like a classic, but I didn't realize it was so good. Like, I don't know how, but it's a really good game. I thought it was like, oh, yeah, it's like one of those games that if you played it back then, you pull it up now and you'd be like, oh, this this was so good for the time. But this game is timeless. Mm. And then, yeah, seeing things like Federation Force. And especially because like I'd seen, I've played, I've played, sorry, I lied. I've played Metroid Prime Corruption. That's the one I have played on Wii. How could you lie to us like this? Um, But I felt like it might have been one of those cases where it's like, oh, yeah, the classics are good. And then they brought it over to 3D and it kind of fluttered out. Yeah. But... That's not the case. Apparently, all the games are fairly good with the other end being like just dipping a bit. Uh, but yeah, then seeing Federation Force was like, oh, there's Nintendo, no. Do you want uh, Metroid Prime 1 to 3 as a trilogy on Switch before Metroid 4 comes out? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I want your... everything on Switch. This is I want everything on Switch. But this, I think I can answer your question. I'm going to just assume what you were going to say. But this game, Super Metroid, does make me want to go into the universe of Metroid Prime, if that's yeah, what you're asking. Mind. Yes, like, obviously, Adrian wants to check out the other games. But yeah, you, you Matt, has this... Because for me, I've gone like, wow, I want some Metroid. Yeah, it's... I don't know if I could go like older but i'm definitely curious i might even pick up uh you know what is it samus returns is the new boy yes Yes. i might pick up samus returns um uh because it's it is an interesting universe it is a very good it doesn't there's one thing that i have a problem with and that's just getting used to so do you guys know the concept of coyote time in uh, platformers, 2D platformers? No. So coyote time is named after Wiley Coyote. And essentially what it is is the short amount of time you have to jump after you've actually, you're not on anything. You've run off a platform. You're technically not standing on anything. Oh, okay. But you're able to still jump. Like where your model is still like touching the thing, but your look it looks like you've walked off? Well, yes, but it's actually... I know it's very prevalent in the new Rayman games okay. um, where you can jump straight off nothing. <laughs> uh, it's If you're interested in game mechanics, uh, especially the viewer, look it up, Coyote Time. It's a very interesting thing. Uh, I'm used to that. I'm used to having a good amount of coyote time not that i play a lot of rayman but when i play um when i play platformers i'm used to that coyote time there's no coyote time in metroid it's very like it's almost like it's it's so realistic you've Mm. you've got to jump when you've got to jump the it's like real life physics first the story first 
the science fiction universe first and then it's a platformer second. And I actually respect that. Well, that's I think that goes into the level design. Like they know exactly how many pixels this and this oh, needs yeah. to be for you to jump. They've like thought about like everything like, oh, you, they might want a wall jump out of here. Let's put this little thing here so they can't do that. Yeah, if you want to skip to Kraid, they've made it pixel perfect that you can. Like, I, I think they did that all on purpose. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, and th- that, again, is just a testament to how good the designers were at the level design and even at the pacing. I feel like the game deals out the upgrades and the like the main upgrades, like your cannon upgrades and your suit upgrades, as well as the extra tanks perfectly like yeah you get a cool like a lot of cool stuff kind of quickly but then you still get cool stuff up until the end of the game like screw attack is near the end of the game i was waiting for it for the whole thing because i've played smash bros and that's yeah the screw attack. <laughs> <That's exactly. laughs> and i've and i found at the end i was like oh my god yes this is so and you still have enough time to play with it but it's not like you don't get everything dumped on you in the first third of the game and then you go on uh, it, it paces out well where they give it to you. And there are so many upgrades and so many tanks. My God. I was like, okay, most most like 8 and 16-bit games cap things at 99, right? That's like yeah. a data limit or whatever. So I, I was like at 85, 90, 95 missiles. I was like, cool, I'll probably need to find one more then. Find one more. It gets to 100. I'm like, okay, maybe it's maybe it's 100 and that's the cap. And, you know, instead of making it 99, make it 100. Found another tank, 105. I'm like, Jesus, how many are there? <laughs> so I looked up how many upgrades. You can get up to 220 missiles. Cool, boy. Which is a lot of tanks. A lot of tanks. 50 super missiles and 50 power bombs. So that's like 10 each for the super missiles and the power bombs. And what am I 22? 44 missiles, yeah. But I think you start off with, I swear you start off with like 10 missiles. Okay, but it's so around 40. 40. Yeah. There is a lot. And when I thought, again, it was, this game does a lot of like, oh, I think I'm near the, this thing. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm really, really far away. Right. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm near the end of, you know, collecting all the items. I am not. Yeah. Real quickly, what does a reserve tank do? Do you know? Yeah, so it's like a, it's basically like an extra tank. Like if you die, it fills up. So one a tank. extra tank. So it's like a, it's like a, a second chance, a second wind. And it's just one extra tank. Yes, there are four reserves tanks. And okay. And they because fill up. So if you collect two, that fills up two. If you collect four, it fills up to four. I don't think so because anyway. Yeah, it does. It does. I uh, I, I looked found it up. Three of them. Wow, you found more than me. <laughs> Do you mean reserve tanks or energy tanks? Uh, whichever one that makes me go over. Okay, so that's an energy... Is that an energy tank? Yeah. Okay, yeah. my bad. So and there are if, a lot of those as well. <laughs> if you are correct, Adrian, then that means you can end the game with 1,881 energy points. Yeah, a lot. Oh, boy. That's really good. I like that. I had nowhere near that. I, I think I got... I just made it to the second row. So I have no idea how big that is. I think I got three or four into the second row. I, I loved, like, because you can see there's an item, like a little dot. And I was like, I want to get all of them. So I, I loved spending time hmm. trying to look for them and, and getting the right power-ups and coming back and finding it. And one that evaded me the whole game was the area for the spacer 
And it's so obvious there's something there. It's a, you go like through this room. It's kind of early on as well. And there's like a hole in the roof. You don't even have to bomb it. There's just a hole in the roof. You jump up and there's like a platform underneath. And you can see like a silver room above you with a green door. Yeah. I was like, I, and I, every time I walked past that, I walked past it so many times. Every time I went through that room, I was like, I went back up there. I had a new item. So I tried a power bomb when I got that. I tried, I don't know, grapple. I tried everything that I got. X-ray vision. Couldn't find, couldn't see anything. I was like, how do I get this? And I was finally making my last run back from Ripley after I'd got every other power up I could in the game towards um, the statue room so you can go down to Torian. And I'm talking, I was on stream, so I was telling people like, I have no idea how to do this. And finally, as I go to exit the door, I just see that one square disappear. I must have bombed the room or just shot in the right time with the wave beam or something. I just saw the square disappear. I'm like, bloody hell, I did it. I figured it out. I got it. it. (laughs) And then I picked it up and it was like a triple beam. It was called the Spazer. It was a triple beam. I was like, this is sick. This must be like super strong. And someone's like, that's worse than the the, uh, plasma beam. I was going to say like, you've just gotten rid of your good weapon. And And that's when I learned you can actually turn different beams on and off. Yeah. You can turn all the things off. It's crazy. I didn't know. I just assumed you got the upgrade and that was it. But you can like... Turn turn some on, like turn different combinations of two and three on, get different shots, like the shots move differently, but you can also get different power-ups. So there's like a shield you can put on you that's kind of like a, a Mega Man Leap Shield and stuff like that. I did that once with the Ice Beam and had no idea how to do it again. <laughs> and there's, there's so many abilities like that in the game that you just, you don't know about, but the game kind of teaches you, but you, not necessarily. So there's a thing called a Crystal Flash. Do you guys have any clue? Nope. It's this thing where like if you have uh, at least 10 missiles and 10 power bombs and 10 super missiles, but your health is like under 50 on your last tank, you press this like combination and you go into like this like hovering fetal position while you power up and your energy restacks to full. I needed that so many times and I knew you could do it, but I had no idea how. I didn't know about that. And another thing I didn't know about was... So I saw I, I saw an energy tank. It was the first reserve tank I found. It's like an energy tank, but it doesn't have the E on it. It's just blank. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what the hell is that? Is that like a fake tank? Uh, but I couldn't get there. It was one of those ones where it shows you where it is. You come in a different way and it shows you where it is. And then you have to try and loop back around using the map and go a different way. But I couldn't find it. So I was like, YouTube video. No one has to know. Um, so I went on a YouTube video and it showed me this like thing where you, da- you use your super run and then if you press down, you store your momentum mm. and you can jump straight up. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I used it, got the reserve tank. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool ability. Why don't we know about that? And you do learn about it because later on, I was running past something, fell down a hole and found that beautiful little chicken thing. Yeah, it's an ostrich thing. and it teaches you how to do it. Yeah, and I was like... He just like starts running. I was like, oh, he's going to show me something. So like, I follow him with my super speed and then I see him duck and I'm like, oh, the game does teach you how to do yeah. this. It oh. was really cool. I did that as well. Um, Emergent learning. And yeah. there's another thing. Um, there's another creature in the game that I never found and it teaches you to wall jump. But I was like, I don't know. This game had a lot of things that I didn't quite get, especially the bosses. Bosses took me ages. Um except wall jumping. I could do that so good. You give yeah. me a vertical surface, I'm on the top of it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to... Because I found those three and it took me a while to get up the wall. I had to like... 
because I kind of had a vague, like, you know, everyone knows how to wall jump vaguely, kind of just turn away from the wall and press and jump. Well, but, except in real life, that's very hard, but still possible. Um, so I was, I had to like look up a quick guide and it's like, you got to press, you got to tap it, then press jump. You can't do it at the same time and you have to wait. You have to be spin attacking and stuff. Talking of how you can turn things on and off. I actually had to take off my jumping boots because I got stuck because of them. Oh, yeah? Where I couldn't jump over a gap with the jumping boots on because it would make me hit the roof <laughs> and fall oh, short. Yeah. You have to, like, give it the, the lightest tap. Like, you have to just be boop, and then the tiniest little leap. I think I know what you're talking about. So that's how I actually found that out because I was like, I am stuck now because of I decided to go backwards to look for stuff. And I was like, am I not supposed to be going backwards? Has the game punished me for going backwards? And I was like, oh, you can turn things off. That's good. This game's really good at like... It's it's so much more than a run-and-gun side-scrolling shooter. It is it is a puzzle game as well in a roundabout way because it, it like forces you to think. Yeah, you, you can't just go through it. Yeah, going through Meridia and like... I remember going through like a one-way door and then coming like falling down a massive hole and being like, I can't get back up. I'm like, the game isn't that dumb. Like that it would like, I've just locked myself out. Oh, I've gotten stuck in a room. So I'm like, it makes you go like, okay, there has to be another way out. And I've ex- I'd explored all the rooms and be like, there's no simple. So I had to really, you had to really think and explore and blow stuff up. And that's one of the only f- times I like looked at a walkthrough was like, you have to bomb one corner in an elevator room. And I was like, okay, well, I, th- I assumed elevator rooms were, you know, were free zones. You didn't have to worry about anything there. But there's, a, there's so much like that where the game is just like, the game, it seems like, why would you lock me here? And it's like, because the game wants you to think about going forward, not about going backwards necessarily at times. And it's really good at that. It's just, it's just really good. There's a it's note here that really says really good dash Adrian no time to grind 2018. There's a there's a note here that says old fashioned bang for your buck and I feel like if I had bought this or played this as a kid I had a Super Nintendo but I never played this I would have really loved it um but I don't think I would have finished it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's definitely so much gameplay and done in a clever way that makes you always think that you're exploring. And even though there is like backtracking, it might be from your own memory of going, oh, I remember there was a door there. Mm. So it doesn't feel like frustrating. You feel like rewarded for exploration and for remembering things and using the map. And so there's a lot of time added to what would have probably been a shorter game if they didn't have what would become, you know, the Metroidvania style. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect way to explain this game, to finalize this game, is it made, well, holding hands with Castlevania, it made its own genre. That's how good of a game this is. I don't know if this was the one that made it, but it has its own genre. And I think that's a perfect way to kind of end it. Guys, is this a game for a busy gamer? That's what we always ask. I'm going to ask Michael because he was the busiest. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. would say if you, I don't know, maybe put it on your phone or if you get a, Ninten- a new Nintendo 3DS, then I would say, yes, 
I'd say play this bad boy on the train when you're on your way to work or when you're sitting in bed at night if you don't have heaps of time. And I was so annoyed that I couldn't play it like that. <laughs> yeah, it was very good to play. Like, And again, I know emulating isn't the way of the world, but it was very good to have it on my laptop. Um, and again, not that I'm going to... Not that I say that emulating is a good thing, but there you can literally there is a website you can run it on your browser. You don't even need to download anything, and that was really good. And you're also you're not stuck on the save points in the game. If you are kind of like me, you're a bit looser with your rules. You don't care that much. You're a bad boy. You can just quick save it and you can load it back up where you were. And I think that that's really good. And I think it's really good for a busy gamer. I want to say, yeah, on the saving thing, I feel like this game would really, like, it's better save, quote-unquote, save scumming using save states. Like, I only use save states when I got to a save point. I think I maybe used it once, maybe on Dragon or something, or or Ridley. No, actually, I didn't use Ridley, I did that live. I used but, it for Ridley because I was like, I can't be bothered going back all that way. Yeah, but... I feel like if this is the kind of game where you could like you're halfway through, you just find it, you find a zone where there's no enemies, you pause, you close it, and then you open it back up and you keep playing. That is really good. Like if you took all the save points out of the game and just did that, and it was like an auto saving game, saved your progress exactly where you are, like a save state does. That is like the perfect way to play this because you don't have to worry about backtracking to find a save point. It's I feel like it, the game. It's the kind of game that should have that. It should just have you pick up where you left off because you're still exploring. You don't have to try and make your way back. But it, it's a relic of the time. Um, and it still works. You can still play the game doing that and have a great time. I just personally, I'm like, I'm glad I saved that, it. I mean, I played massive chunks at a time, so I didn't really need to stop in the middle. But Yeah, you were the least busy out of us. And so do I think it's a game for a busy gamer? Yeah, I think so. If you can, if you can run it, if you can save state it, it's, it's, it's like 100% definitely. If you can't, it's still like 99% a great game for a busy gamer. You can sync. You could, you could, this could take you two weeks. A, a Super Nintendo game could take you like weeks to play if you don't have heaps of time. If you pop in an hour here, pop in an hour there, it's, it, it, it'll still take you two or three weeks. And that's great. That's a quality, that's quality length for a, a game that's probably not going to cost you a full yeah. amount anymore. And for actual length, because um, yours was live streamed, and it, at the end it shows you how long it took. It took Adrian seven hours and eleven minutes, and it took me eight hours and fifty-seven minutes. He's a good gamer, and I'm not. <laughs> I don't think that is actual. Like, I think the game actually probably took me twelve hours You're all okay. up. Yeah, because I mean, the save state on the Super Nintendo tracks how long you've been playing that save state, and I only had to reload naturally like once or twice. So it was like a big chunk that was eight. The, the chunk before was two hours and then the last two hour stream. Uh, so it was about two hours, 12 hours of gameplay for me. Well, so there I think you the, go. The two hour, might be 12 hours for Adrian and, uh, you know, eight hours, 57 for me because oh, okay. I'm a better gamer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Enough about Super Metroid though. We've got to move on from this cinematic wonder to another cinematic wonder heralded oh. as one of the best games of all time also what is it really no it's not this is <laughs> that was satire sorry i'm too dry in my speech what's our, what's our next game guys next game is my choice and it's star wars episode one racer which is bullshit because i'm like 80 percent sure my whole life i've just been calling it star wars pod racer 
but it doesn't have pod racer in it. There's nothing about pods. It's just a racer. What? Yeah, and that was <laughs> that's recently released on good old games. Yeah, they just how, came out. That's how I'm playing it. Yeah. Michael's playing it from his old PC disc. How are you yes. playing it, Adrian? <laughs> I'll probably be playing it N64. If if I can't get it running for stream, I'll probably buy it on, on GOG and play it that way. But I'm excited because there's a lot of old games I played as a kid on Super Nintendo and N64 and even PS2 that I played but never beat because I, you know, I was a pleb back then. And now I want to see if I can play them again and beat them again and remember them. And Pod Race is one of them. So that's why I chose it. I figure this is a great time because it just came out on GOG. So people are playing it and you can you can join us as we play it for the next two weeks. Uh, disclaimer, we are not playing the Game Boy Color version. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'd be curious to see how that runs. In but... case you didn't get that. Um, uh, but again, we had like in this hour actually a bit extra a bit more than an hour we still had people quite a lot of people listening so thank you guys so much uh remember to review uh and if not like you can just tell us what you want us to play and we'll heavily consider it for for our next batch of games um and you can find us if you're not listening via one of these you can listen to us on itunes google play stitcher or any good podcast app. I found out that there's an app that someone actually needs to go into the app and say, I would like to listen to this podcast, please. And then they put the podcast onto their app and someone has done it for us. So I consider that a big success, unless it was one of you two. No, that's awesome. Thanks to everyone who's been listening. We hope you keep enjoying our podcasts and we'll see you next time. I've been Adrian. I've been Michael. And I've been Matt. And I'm still in space because we went from one space game to another space game. <laughs> it's Xenopalooza all over again, baby. Woo-hoo. I don't know whether to race Saboba or to shoot him. Kill him. Kill him. You, I mean, you're going to become Darth Vader anyway. You may as well murder him. Actually, I have no idea what this game's going to be like. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's play now. Let's go.